You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, almost turning into a therapy session for you fans, I believe, unfortunately, after the 31-21 loss to Dallas. I'm joined by Redskins linebacker John Bostic and defensive lineman Tim Settle as we look for answers to what the hell is wrong with the defense. Then I'm joined by ESPN's Todd Archer to talk about the game. Finally, I end with my observations after this ugly loss. But first, my conversations with John Bostic and Tim Settle. One of the things Jay was talking about was like there's, you know, obviously I think people expected this defense to kind of be the strength of this team. Yeah. That hasn't been the case. Yeah. What, what do you, so far, what's, what do you feel, what can you put your finger on so far? As in, um, we gotta play, we gotta play good for 60 minutes, you know, we can't play good, you know, for, you know, 55 out of 60 plays, um, you know, because it's, it's really just the explosive plays that are killing us. Um, yeah. You know, you, you look at it, I mean, you look at that first half, you know, same thing as well, you know. Besides the explosive play, you know, we, we pretty much shut them down, um, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we're not going to, you know, dwell on that. You know, we, we got to, you know, get on to, you know, Chicago. Uh, you know, we'll watch the film. We got to be critical ourselves. Uh, you know, we got to do more. You know, why do those explosive plays come in? Because like, one thing Jay talked about is like that, you know, obviously there's some injuries or some youth there. Is that, does that lead to some of those issues? Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, we'll never use that as an excuse. Yeah. We're never going to say, you know, oh, it's, you know, because we got a guy out here, got a guy out here, you know. Everybody in this league, you know, they're here for a reason. And uh, you know, no matter who it is, you know, whenever your number's called upon, you got to be ready to play. You got to be ready to produce, and, you know, you got to be ready to produce at a high level. Jay wondered if are they reaching the defense? Are they reaching you guys on defense? Is that is reaching you guys the issue, or what do you feel like? What what, what makes you confident this can be corrected? Uh, like I said, I mean, you go back to even last week. You take away those explosive plays, you know, it's a, it's a different ball game. Right. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we gotta we gotta get back. We gotta watch the film. We gotta be critical ourselves. Uh, we gotta get turned around. How hard is that Dallas offense right now with the way Dak's throwing, the way Zeke runs the ball? Uh, for, for us, it's, it's about us. Okay. It's about us getting in the right position. It's, a, it's about us, um, you know, trusting the call. It's about us, you know, playing the call, you know, executing the call. You know, it's never, never going to be in a perfect play. I mean, right. they, you know, they get paid just like we do. And, um, you know, they're going out, they're trying to make plays. You know, they've got reads in their defense, I mean, their offense as well. So, you know, for us, uh, we got to take care of, you know, far side of the ball when we're out there. Um, you know, we got one turnover today, but we need more. Thanks, I appreciate it. I'm going to start with John Bostic. I asked him about some of the defensive breakdowns, why they keep happening, if age and injuries are an excuse, and hint, he does not think so. 
I do like what Bostic said when I asked him about the Dallas offense. I want to know what's, what is good about them. Why, why are they hard to defend? And I like what he said. It's not, about, it's not about as much what they do. It's about what the Redskins need to do. And heck, watch the 42-yard run by Dak Prescott and see what happens. The entire defense pretty much sells out to stop L8 on the, on the third and short. Understandable. Nobody sees Prescott running around the left side. Heck, I saw Landon Collins running up to the line from the deep middle. It didn't look like that he even realized that uh, for a little bit that Prescott was running the ball. Yes, I also saw that corner Jimmy Moreland was being held pretty bad. It's a bad miss by the officials. Now it's on to Tim Settle. He's got youth on his side and clearly has some optimism. That's a good thing to have right now. I think this group will be different once Jonathan Allen returns, but until then they need guys like Settle and the others to produce. There's a lot of obviously injuries. There's a lot of youth yeah. on this defense. How is that? How does that youth help or hurt you guys right now? Um, youth, as far as you know, when you get your name called, you got to step up. You know, there's very little error. You know, uh, you can't wait to hit somebody in the mouth. You can't let somebody hit you in the mouth first. You got to hit them in the mouth when your name's called. It's part of the game. You know, uh, we learn quick. You know, it's a, it's a long season. You know, it's uh, still a lot of football left to be played in. I think we're going to be in a good situation. Here. And why? Because, like, obviously the first couple games haven't gone the way you thought they yeah. Probably everybody thought they would. Why are you confident that it's going to turn around? Um, the more we play uh, together as team football, I feel like it's going it's going to boost us up. You know, uh, it's momentum. You know, offense, uh, special teams, defense. And one gets the other one going, and the other one gets the other one going. You know, when it's, everything's in a good flow like that, it's hard to stop a team. And what's what happened today? There were a lot of big gaps, a lot of big 10-yard gains. Uh, what happened? I, I wish I could tell you. You know, I got two people in front of me. You know, uh, just we got to be sharper in our, in our game play. You know, it's, it's something we're going to come out. We're going to look at film, and we're going to get better at it. So we're going we're gonna to see what, what the errors and stuff were. And, Are you surprised the way they're the kind of gas you guys at times? Um, or is there something this, they were doing off the line? I know it is, but was there something they were doing with the line that was like? I, I wish. I, I know it's a good you. line. Yeah, I wish I could tell you. You know, it's a, it's a good group of guys. You know, uh, they had some good play calling, and you know, they executed really well. So, you know, give give up to them. You know, we, we just gotta focus and move forward. How de how deflating is it? Because you guys got off to such a good start. You get that big pass play. How deflating was it after that point? When was... No matter what, what time in the game, you gotta just be able to keep going. Uh, you gotta be able to uh, forget the. That, that play and going to the next. I learned that last year. You know, as far as you got to, uh, you got to be able to forget and play. You know, you can't think about oh I got B. You can't think about oh they got they sealed me off. You got to be able to get out there. You got keep that that momentum. You got to keep that that uh, the edge. You know, it's, the longer you keep the edge, the more it's gonna be hard to, for teams to stop. What makes Ezekiel? What, what, let me go back. What what was Dallas's offense? What made it, what makes it so difficult to stop right now? Um. Really I, yeah, I can't really tell you. I only can see, but so much. Right. I, from your perspective yeah. up in that front, what was going on there? I mean, just, uh, a lot of just close together. You know, they were moving close together. Uh, that, that's it. You know, I really didn't see the, uh, 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 a lot that they did. You know, as far as good coaching, you know, they executed what they were doing. And it's just football. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Mm -hmm. After this break, my ESPN counterpart in Dallas, Todd Archer, will join me to break down the game. We talk about Dak Prescott and Josh Norman, some of the comments that were made during the week, and a bunch of other topics from this game, and what the view of the Redskins is from Dallas.
Now I'm here with my ESPN counterpart in Dallas, Todd Archer. Let's get to the Dak Prescott, I guess, the comments that Josh Norman had made about him during the week. And I was there for his interview, and he basically said that Dak had the ability in that game to go to his first, second, third read, and then back to his first. He wasn't getting any pressure. Anybody could do what he did there. Now, he went in to say that Dak is a great quarterback. He's growing in the system. He's very complimentary. But those comments jumped out for some headlines afterwards. Yeah, he was asked about it, and he said, look, I'm not going to use allow him to be a motivation to me. I've got enough th- things to motivate me that get me going. What somebody says, good or bad about me, definitely isn't the case, especially when he's not in this team. So he heard him, and he says it didn't drive him, but you know these guys. Yeah. They, 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 they are driven by this stuff, and look, he comes out, three touchdowns, Couple at Norman, yeah, a couple at one deep ball <laughs> to, to Devin Smith, your your Buckeye, Buckeye. and uh, you know, so I'm sure it felt pretty good that they were after get they were able to go after Norman the way they did. Does that, you know, Dak? I want to stay on Dak for a minute because he does look a lot more comfortable when I'm watching him, and this offense looks really good with him running. What's the difference in his game this year? He really traces it back to last year, about the middle of the season. And it, co- it coincides with Amari Cooper coming on board to where things kind of change, where he could go to the line of scrimmage and it kind of slowed down for him. He could okay. see some things. And that's obviously continued here these two games, seven touchdown passes, the best start since Don Meredith in 1966 oh, wow. yeah. with seven touchdown passes in the first two games. The best Romo could do was six in 2007. The similarity between 07 and 19, Jason Garrett's first year as a play caller, 2007. 2019, their play caller first year, Kellen Moore. So there is an element of the newness that I think is benefiting the Cowboys right now and Dak's comfort level in this offense. When you look at these teams here, and you've covered this game for a while, this Redskins-Cowboys game, when you look at the Redskins from that perspective, what kind of a team do you see? That's a great question because I don't you don't see anybody that scares you on the offensive side right. of the ball. McLaren, McLaurin can be that guy, right. and, and they took some shots at him the first play of the game. Byron Jones, obviously, with the pass breakup, that was good to see from Byron Jones' perspective. But, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a plotting team. They, they were in this game, but I almost get the sense, and you've been covering your club a lot longer, is that as soon as one thing goes bad, everybody, there's a here-we-go-again feeling around it. Yeah. And there were so many Cowboys fans in here that, today that they were probably like, here we go again, and because the Cowboys scored in, what, five straight possessions. Second straight week they've done that. Today was four touchdowns and a field goal. So... I just got the sense that the, the Redskins were waiting for something bad to happen, and when it did, they didn't really have an answer. You know, it's funny because Deshaun Jackson said something about that last week. He said at halftime, they kind of knew. He said, and he goes, I know in the other locker room what's going to happen. They're going to basically, he, in paraphrasing, that they're going to fold. Do you think there's a feeling among Dallas players that if you just kind of hang with this team for a little bit, that they're going to eventually do that? Do you get, ever get that feeling? Some, well, no, not really, because the games here are usually – Either you crazy, wrote, weird. As you wrote about. Yeah, or, or just, you know, our hard-fought hard games. Um, and, and, you know, last year, if you go back, Zeke had 33 yards here rushing. They did a great and, job. And, and they slowed him down offensively. So I don't think the Cowboys look at it and say, hey, if we just hang around, they're going to screw it up and we'll be able to take advantage of it. I, I think from the Cowboys' perspective, the biggest play of the game was almost Tyrone Crawford's sack mm-hmm. that dropped him back on the, on the yeah. minus side of the field, forced him to punt. Because it's seven nothing at that point, you get a field goal, you go up ten nothing. Maybe things are a little bit different. Right. The Cowboys obviously respond with a ninety-seven yard drive and that Devin Smith touchdown. And, and the Devin Smith touchdown to me was that huge play too, because like you, you have a chance to, you still have that chance to build momentum if you can get him off the field. 
Um, where did and I'm a Buckeye, so I watched Evan Smith do this during the championship run. What have they been saying about him, though, because we haven't seen him do that in the NFL? Right. It's his first touchdown right. since his rookie year. He's had, he had a disappointing career with the Jets because two ACL injuries that he had. So, But he's a guy that they said, look, this guy at one point, we all fought a lot of him. Let's take a risk and a chance. And honestly, John, he wasn't going to make this team until maybe the second week of training camp. Really? And that's when he kind of came on, had some good showings in the preseason, was only in the game for that play because Michael Gallup was winded. So that Gallup's really, really their why. big guy down yeah, the field. And then, you know, you look at what Devin Smith was able to do with that touchdown catch, and he was able to get another a couple other balls from, from Prescott later on in clutch situations. So that's the thing about this offense right now. We all know about Amari Cooper and Gallup and Witten and Zeke and all these guys. You see Blake Jarwin, two 20-yard catches in the first two games. And now a guy like Devin Smith comes up big. So the Cowboys, they feel like they got a multifaceted offense with multiple weapons that they don't have to rely on one guy. And it's and it's funny because like this offense, what I'm seeing with the Redskins is an offense that I actually like the play design a lot. And I look at Kellen Moore, what he's doing in Dallas, and I, I think I see some similarities just as far as the creativity and newness that they brought. Like they, For here, it's Kevin O'Connell with the Redskins. But you have a you have Case Keenum running quarterback versus Dak Prescott, who's been there. So like it's just it's a different setup. But I see some similarities just with the impact of the coordinator. Um, with 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 I want to go back to Josh Norman for a second. Um, do you what's the sense that you've gotten from just the Cowboys players about him? Because he's obviously their big money guy in the secondary. Right. That touch that long touchdown that he's supposed he plays it for safety help. So whether you know whether or not he could have done a better job saying him with him, yeah, he could have, but he expects a safety help. What's the feeling on him down there? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the safety help because Dak. The first thing he said was, "We knew their safeties were going to maybe jump up and bite on the play action, and they were able right. to get over the top." So um, it's funny, you know, when, when he was in Carolina, I think they were probably like, "Okay, let's stay away from this guy." And then even early on in his time here, going against Dez, he had some good moments against Dez and really drew Dez out of his game. But I think now they don't really look at him and say, we can't get it to this guy. Right. We, we can't go to this guy's side of the field. They went at that guy with everybody. It wasn't just Amari or Gallup or Devin Smith. They Witten even caught a ball yeah, on for 18 yards on. Yeah. So they, playing they, there's, off a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah, there, there there's too. No, no fear in the, in the Cowboys' perspective to go after him. How big a difference do you see between these teams right now? Well, I guess you got to say it's a big difference. Yeah, right. right? Because the Cowboys like now two and zero yeah. in the division, and the they're Giants are zero and two. I will point out to everybody's going to say the Cowboys have arrived. They were two and zero in twenty fifteen with division wins to open the season, and only won two more games the rest of the way. So okay. that was when there's Ro- your hope, Redskins. Yeah, right well, well, Romo did break his collarbone in that yeah, second sure. game and kept him out yeah. for a while. But um, th- there appears to be a big gap, and you know, but look. How many guys by the end of the game were playing for for the Redskins? Right. Allen was out. Right. All the cornerbacks were banged. Dominic Rogers, Camardi, Amari Cooper said he couldn't even run. He was still, they had to play him out there because yeah. they didn't have anybody else. Yeah, and that and that's the problem with here. And, and and that is one issue that they have is you have the newness. And I think the hard part for Redskins fans, probably a lot like Dallas fans, you've been waiting and there's always that promise of something more. And Dallas has achieved a little bit more lately, but they haven't gotten anywhere where they need to be or want to be. So I think there's always that. You're out of excuses because, you know, we've seen this for so many years. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. with the with the, and I think Dallas is at that spot, in the, but they're in a better spot. But it's almost like they have to win. To, right. To no question. It's yeah. This is great. You're two and zero, and you might be a playoff team. But come December, January, it's going to be okay. 
Not you better go pass the divisional right. round because if you don't, nothing else matters. Right. And that's the kind of the, 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 the tightrope that these guys walk. And it is funny because, like, with the Redskins, I look at it and say, okay, there's some, despite what they've shown on defense the last two weeks, there are some good young players on that defense. And that's one thing Jay Gruden talked about is, you know, they have the youth on there. They had injuries, so there's some plays that you just say, okay, that's a byproduct of it. But the problem is I don't think it explains everything. And you know what I mean? So I yeah. think that's where it's Well, hard. and then, you know, how many penalties did they have today? I think it was six, but they were killers. The right. problem is they have killer penalties. Right, and how many holding penalties were in there, too? Ones. So, yeah. you know, like the, the, the play before Cro Tyron Crawford's big sack, there was a hold in there that drew them back as well. It made it third and 11 or whatever it turned out to be. And, you know, we might be able to rush the passer in those situations. Last one. How weird was it, do you think, to see how many Dallas – you're, you're used to seeing Dallas fans everywhere, yeah. and especially here, this happened. But was it more today? The last two games, when they played here last year, I thought there was a whole heck of a lot yeah. of Cowboys fans. And then today, obviously, for for a home opener, you, you thought, okay, the home opener, you at least have a, you know, your, your own fans in the building. But there was a lot of let's go Dallas, and you heard Amari Cooper catches the ball, you hear the big coop yeah. and all that. So um, it's probably better than the booze they may have heard if it was full. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, but, it was weird. But you know, the, the Cowboys Cowboys do travel well, really everywhere they go, but. Of all the division places, this one's by far more Cowboy fans. And I, I pause. I said that was the last one, but no, I'm done. <laughs> but was there early in the game? The Redskins did have a good start. What were you surprised at? What they were able to do with them early on? You know, they hit them. You know, the AP had a couple runs, but it's mostly some passes, and then they stopped them defensively really well. Um, were you surprised by that start? It was a little bit like the Giants last week. Okay. You know, it was play two. Barkley goes 59 right. yards on them, and Eli. Puts them in position to score. They had a seven nothing. The Cowboys have been down seven nothing in these first funny. two games, and they just kind of find a rallying point and, and figure it all out. And you know, the, but the defense does need to play better. They're not getting to the quarterback enough. They haven't taken the ball away enough. Um, some of that is guys just coming back into shape, like Byron Jones, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford. But you know, the, this is a defense that should get better as they go along. And if the offense can keep this up. I mean, it's going to be hard. And that's the thing, and that's what, when I look at the Redskins' pass rush, they weren't able to get to them. I mean, I'm, that line is really good to go against. But Travis Redrick being back is a major help. It's a major help. What difference does he make in the, with that? Group? I asked Dak that after the game, and he was talking about just how smart he is, and he knows all the fronts. He knows what's going to happen if there are any alerts that, that Dak makes. Travis knows the alerts off the alerts and gets everybody else ready. So that that's, you know, yeah, Zach Martin, to me, is the best guard in football. Tyron Smith. It's still one of the best tack tackles in the game, and Lael Collins isn't bad either. So uh, they have, they've had the reputation as the best line in football the last couple of years, but maybe not played like it. But certainly they're starting the season off that and way. They, and it's also, they, I mean, again, they were able to shut down. I think Kerrigan did get through for one. And Dak took the blame for that sack. He okay. said he should, have take, he should have got rid of the ball much sooner. He knew the coverage. It was there. Okay. He just needs to trust himself. And that's the thing. Like, what's, what's, do they have a, what's their book on Kerrigan, do you think? What, 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 what do you think? Yeah, he's, they, they love him. Jason, it's one of Jason Garrett's really? favorite players. Uh, just how hard he plays, how effective he is. What's it, 12 sacks now against yeah. the Cowboys? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, 12. I, I've known Jason Witten since he's gotten in the league, and I think Ryan Kerrigan might be one of the, his favorite opponents to go against really? because of how hard he plays and how, clean and how much of a battle it is that it's hey we're not going to do anything stupid and mess each other up but we're going to go at each other and there's a lot of respect for Kerrigan. Right. I promise this is the last one. This, better this be. is promise. Okay, Jason Witten, is he under a 5040 at this point? He's under a 5040. <laughs> I don't know if he's at the 46 that he ran in 
in 2003 in the combine, but two touchdowns in two games. Listen, but that's the funny thing is he knows how to get open. Yeah. That's what that's what I've always liked about him. His speed has never been. I mean, he's all, he was fast younger, but even the last couple of years, he knows how to get open. Right? Yeah, he was, never an, no. he was never he was never a prod, I, I, kind I, of right. an athlete and a guy no. who's going to run by. But he knows how to get open. But he understands leverage better than everybody, and you know he's off to a, a solid start. All right, thanks, Todd. You got it. After this break, I'll be back with my observations from the Redskins' 31-21 loss to Dallas. Okay, now it's time for my observations, and it wasn't pretty. I'm going to start with Jay Gruden's comments after the game. Um, I understand what Gruden is t- saying about the defensive growing pains. And one of the comments he made was about having a lot of the young players playing or, or new guys, Jonathan, John Bostic, you know, Cole Holcomb, you know, Jimmy Moreland. And then you have guys hurt, Jonathan Allen, Quentin Dunbar, Fabian Moreau. So they do have those injuries. But what I don't like is hearing about all this at this point in the regime. It's too late in the game to have anyone believe that this is going to turn around. Maybe it will. There is talent there. But I think it also requires faith, and I think that's probably hard for a lot of people to have right now with this organization. You need to have proof that this group will get it turned around because there is talent there. And I do agree that the youth and the injuries, they do not help. But is it always the young guys making the mistakes? There were 14 plays Sunday of 10 yards or more allowed by the defense. That's not good. And it's not just because of youth and injuries. In hindsight, I blew it when anticipating what this group might do or what they might be able to do early. I still like the young talent base, but something's not working here, and I know Gruden wants to explain why something isn't working, but you also can't communicate anything to your players other than it needs to be working no matter who's in there, and and that's something that Bostic told us earlier. I never blame the coach alone, so I'm not just going to sit there and rip on Greg Minuski. I know everybody wants his head on a platter. That's not what I'm going to do because I think it goes deeper than that. It usually does, but I do know what the track record is you know, before here and what it is here, and I do know that this defense um, continues to be an issue, and I also know that this is, in, this is Gruden's sixth year in, as a head coach, and his coordinators have not gotten the defense turned around, and again, we're in the sixth year. Yes, they're young and banged up but you also need to give fans reason to believe what you say. Here's the odd thing. This roster doesn't necessarily mesh with the situation the coaches are in. The roster, to me, is about building for the future, and I think they have some good parts to do that. This is a staff that needs to win now. On to number two. I've heard the same thing for a number of years with this defense. Just take away the explosive plays. Just do our jobs. Just stay in the gap, etc., etc., etc. I do like the mindset of most of their defenders. I do like what Landon Collins can add, and I love the young linemen and their approach. I love Cole Holcomb and Jimmy Moreland. These guys are all like to compete, and they like to work. Montez Sweat has been on the field. I saw him make a, um, was able to make one stop and a tackle, but he's been non-existent as a pass rusher. You can still you see him still thinking way too much on the field. He's just not making an impact and this is a team that needs their first-round picks to make impacts. I think in time he will. I think it's going to take him some time, but he's got so much skill that you're going to have to live with some of those pains going forward. And the hard thing, I think, for Redskins fantasy is that Preston Smith looks like he's off to a good start in Green Bay. Going back to the, the mindset now, that, that's why I thought they were gonna, in a good spot here, and I still do when it comes to the talent. But my goodness, they make a lot of mistakes. And are they being asked to do too much? 
Go back and listen to my podcast with Chris Cooley from last week. He had some good comments on this. I also think they face two offenses that will rank among the best in the NFL when it's all said and done. The schedule did them no favors, not with the group they have. Just think if they had gotten the Giants and Miami in their first two games. The conversations would be far different right now, unless, of course, they lost those games. Then it'd be a lot worse. And that's not to say that you should, you should sit there and say, oh, okay, things are going to turn around. I don't know that. And I don't think, you know, I think they feel like that, but I don't know that because you need to see it. Um, and it doesn't mean that what's happened is acceptable. It has not been acceptable because they've been giving up plays in situations they shouldn't. And even like the play to Josh Norman today, uh, the one that he gave up is that Todd Archer and I talked about, he was expecting safety help on that play. The safety help didn't come. I've seen plays in the first two weeks that have been given up for big plays that have been due to some of that youth or new guys on the field. I go back to Jimmy Moreland last week. He gave that, that touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. That came because Moreland didn't get the, he didn't know what the, the signal was that was sent to him. You could see him raising his arms before the snap, but he never then relayed the call to Josh Norman. Had he done so, Norman would have been the guy deep on that coverage that Deshaun blew past him for. But he wasn't because he didn't get the call. That's, that, you can look at youth as being part of the reason there. Um, and then there was, a, there was a play in the Eagles game, too, where Monte Nicholson on third down and nine, covering in the flat. It's an inverted cover two, and he's covering the, he's, a, he's like as a flat corner in that situation. It's a new role for him. But, and so in that spot, like he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's covering the flat, but he should have sunk deeper. If he's an experienced guy in that situation, you sink deeper. And then you take away the pass to Deshaun Jackson on that side in a key third and nine. So if plays like that have happened um, over the course of a couple weeks. They have Dominique rogers Cromartie out there today, for God's sake, and he was having a hard time running. This is a guy who's best as a backup at this point in his career, but this team consistently needs their backups to produce, and that's the spot they're in. Anyway, on to number three. I need to go back and watch the game, of course, but my initial thought is that the right side of the offensive line just isn't playing the way it needs to. The issues in the run game aren't on the line alone, and there was a report before the game from Fox's Pam Oliver, I saw some quotes from her, that said one reason Jay Gruden was reluctant to use Adrian Peterson is because he's more of a north-south runner, and that inhibits the offensive play calling. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. That's Gruden, you know, those guys can, will know all that. But he, Peterson can still get them yards on the ground. And anyway, back to the line. In two games, both Brand Sheriff and Morgan Moses have both been called for two holding penalties apiece. Moses hasn't handled the stunts well. This is the side of the line that needs to be the, the bell cow for them. They need to have that bread and butter side. Then when it's this, you know you can count on this. They're all going to get beat on occasion, but they need to be better. And then it goes back to things that I railed about last year. Tight end blocking needs to be more consistent. You know, things like that. That stuff just isn't happening here, and that's, that's a big part of the problem. I'll use Peterson to talk about the backfield, and we're in year six of Gruden. He's on his fourth starting quarterback, and I don't think he's had the running back he truly wants yet. It would have been Darius Geis because of his threat in the run and the pass game, his ability to really push it outside now. But injuries have taken care of him for now, and may and who knows when he'll do what they thought he could do, if he'll ever get to that point. Peterson has been a stopgap for Gruden. Case Keenum is, a, is basically a stopgap for Gruden as well. It's, you know, and I don't even, you know, whether he'll be here with Dwayne Hanson's or not, who knows? That's not an excuse, but with the quarterbacks, it's also meant that they're often starting over, and, and, and that's, you know, with the line and all that, it's just been a big, big problem. Whoever's to blame, that's, you guys can go figure that out. But that's why this year bothers me, though. 
They do have a young quarterback, and I agree, I agree with their decision not to play Dwayne Haskins. I don't feel he's ready based on what they've heard from them, based on what I know. But if this group doesn't win, then Haskins will be learning another offense in year two unless they promote Kevin O'Connell. That's not a good spot to be in. I think the real issue here, folks, is that this group is just out of excuses. And, and just not even excuses, but also reasons. Because there are reasons why teams lose. There are reasons why they've lost games. And you can sometimes say they're not an excuse, it's a reason. But those, after a while, those reasons start to sound like excuses. And the bottom line is, you need to produce, you need to win. When they start doing that, then people will give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't earned that, and that's why a lot of people are upset, as you have a right to be. I mean, this is year six. You want to see better football. I don't blame you. I want to cover better football. Trust me. Anyways, on to the last one. I'm going to finish on an upbeat thing here for you, um, and we'll, we'll end it on this one. I do like the design of this offense, and I will continue to say that I felt that after the Eagles game, and I still feel that after this Dallas loss. I like where it could get to if Dwayne Haskins is able to stay in this offense beyond 2019. To do that, it might mean O'Connell taking over. That depends on how the rest of the season goes. We don't know at this point. And that's, of course, the way things are looking now. Let's see if things change, if they win. Let's say they go out and beat the Bears and the Giants. Suddenly they're 2-2, two and two, and if they get through the first five, two and three, I think that's, as, that's, that's a good spot for them to be in. Anyways, I don't want to go down the road just yet after only two games because it's just it's not a fun road to go down. But once Haskins is ready to play, I think this offense will suit him well. Right now, they're moving the ball pretty well at times with a journeyman quarterback with young receivers and a line that isn't opening holes in the run game. You can build on that. Now, you have to get the other stuff better, but like I think I saw this in, in 2011 with Kyle Shanahan's offense. And it was what sold me, that year is what sold me on him as an offensive coordinator. And I say that because that year, they moved the ball with Rex Grossman and guys like Jabbar Gaffney, for God's sake, at receiver. And they were middle of the pack on offense in terms of yards, yards per game, but middle of the pack with that group was tremendous. And so I look at some of the stuff here and I say, I, I like the way, because I always like the way Shanahan got guys open. And I like the way that O'Connell, and I think Gruden, obviously, this is still part of, this is still, a big part of his, his offense, but I think O'Connell's had a big impact with that. I think you're going to see some good things from, those, from that going forward. Um, and so I think that's why I'm closing this. But it also relies on the quarterback getting the ball out quick, and that's something Keenum was able to do against the Eagles, not able to do as much today, but he's, he was, it wasn't like he was getting pummeled by the Dallas rush either. They knew Dallas played a little different cover three look than, say, the Eagles did, and they knew it would be harder to clear areas for Terry McLaurin. At times with Dallas, their corners, they would bail on him and take away some of the deep stuff. They would at times pass him off to the safety in various coverages, corners just kind of manipulating that a little bit better. Um, other times there was safety help over the top with him. But eventually he shook free for five catches for 62 yards. That's a pretty good follow-up to what he did, and he did. He was in a pretty good spot on the first play of the game. I, I did like what he got there, and I think there was a chance for a bigger play with that had the throw been a little bit better um, or and again this is what I want to go back and watch is watch the deep coverage on that to see if he could have led him to a to a more open area than where he threw it to but the bottom line is I think that speed is something they're going to keep tapping into and you saw him make some catches some nice catches a tough catch over the middle for the 27 yard gain 
I think that's good. I also liked how they used the jet action with Steven Sims. Carried the ball three times for 16 yards in the first half. And I'm going to go back to Kyle Shanahan with, with O'Connell because one of the things you saw in that first half is they showed the jet action. He ran it one way. Then they came back with the jet action in the next play with Paul Richardson. And so typically in that case, you're, you're thinking, okay, now they just use it. Now they're going to run the ball to the left, right? Or, to the, excuse me, to the left, correct? So that's what, that's what Dallas clearly was expecting because what you saw after the jet fake, after the jet action goes past, you saw the linebacker, and I, think, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Van Der Esch, steps to his right, clearly anticipating, I think it was Peterson on that play, getting the ball going that way, and instead they hit Steven Sims underneath the jet action for eight yards. Just a well-designed play and a creative play. It's one the Rams apparently used last week. So, you know, that's it. but I like the way that O'Connell is trying to incorporate that um, in this offense. And again, I'm going to give Gruden credit too because it still is his offense, but I do feel like there's a big influence from Kevin O'Connell. Um, I know right now it looks bad today with this group. When you keep giving up points, it's hard to stay with your entire offense. But I do like the design, and I think this organization needs to do what it must to keep O'Connell around after this year. Yeah, only two games in, and we're already going there. But I think, you know, and that whether it's in whatever role, they, that, that guy I think is good, and I think it's, you know, he's a good asset for them, and I think it's why I'm curious to see where this offense goes this year. Anyway, that's it for me. I appreciate John Bostic and, and Tim Settle talking to me after the game. And I appreciate uh, my ESPN counterpart, Todd Archer, joining me after the game as well. And thank you, as always, for listening. Hang in there.